welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Break it down news of the day with me, my contributor, none other, Wise Nilambre. TYT contributor, remarkable person, great analyst, should be a great breakdown. And in the bullpen, one of the Atlanta Solidarity Fund board members who had his home raided will be on the program live to tell us exactly what happened, why it happened, and what will happen next as it relates to Cop City and the development in Atlanta. Top story of the day, yep, told you so. Trump indicted by a federal grand jury, those indictments, well, I'll let you know. But first, Trump's response. Very sadly, we're a nation in decline. And yet they go after a popular president, a president that got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. And did much better the second time in the election than the first. And they go after him on a boxes hoax, just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax and all of the others. This has been going on for seven years. They can't stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened. I'm an innocent man, I'm an innocent person. Uh, they had the Mueller hoax, the Mueller report, and that came out, no collusion after two and a half years. That was set up by Hillary Clinton and Democrats, but this is what they do. This is what they do so well. If they would devote their energies to honesty and integrity, would be a lot better for our country. They could do a lot better, they could do a lot of great things. But when you look at what's happened to our country in the last three years, we were energy independent. We had a strong military that wasn't woke. We were doing so well, we were respected all over the world. We got the biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history. And what do you do? You have a president where an election was taken, got more votes than any sitting president in history by far, never anything even close. And they come after me because now we're leading in the polls again by a lot against Biden and against the Republicans by a lot, but we're leading against Biden by a lot, a tremendous amount. And we went up to a level that they figured the way they're gonna stop us is by using what's called warfare. And that's what it is, this is warfare for the law. And we can't let it happen. We can't let it happen. Our country is going to hell and they come after Donald Trump. Yeah, they come after Donald Trump because Donald Trump provided the ammunition for them to come after him with. It is ironic that Trump is basically saying, hey, listen guys, I, I want best dressed. I was most popular in high school. Um, I, this is why they're coming after me. Remember, he ran on the platform of lock her up, literally saying that he would in fact weaponize the powers that be against a political opponent. And then when in office, he attempted to barter your money, my money, taxpayer money, in order to get another nation to investigate an American citizen. Yeah, there's more. Weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI. We can't let this continue to go on because it's ripping our country to shreds. We have such big problems and this shouldn't be one of them. It's a hoax. 
The whole thing is a hoax, just like Russia, 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 just like the fake dossier was a hoax. You saw the Durham report. You saw the Mueller report. It was all a big hoax. You had two impeachments and they lost and we won. And we had tremendous support. But that was a hoax and a scam. And now they're doing it again. It's just a continuation, seven years, even after I'm out. But it's called election interference. They're trying to destroy your reputation so they can win an election. That's just as bad as doing any of the other things that have been done over the last number of years, and especially during the 2020 election. So I just want to tell you, I'm an innocent man. I did nothing wrong. And we will fight this out just like we've been fighting for seven years. It would be wonderful if we could f devote our full time to making America great again. And that's exactly what we did. But now, again, our country is in decline. We're a failing nation. And this is what they do. I'm an innocent man. We will prove that again. Seven years of proving it. And here we go again. Very unfair. But that's the way it is. I just want to thank everybody. We are doing something very special for our country. We're putting America first. I always put America first. And that's why we were in a position. Unfortunately, that position is no longer valid because they've done such a poor job. But we're in a position where we're going to make America great again. Uh, I'm innocent, and we will prove that very, very soundly and hopefully very quickly. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, Mr. Made in China is um, always America first, according to him. Let's go down the rabbit hole. Former President Donald Trump is now winning again. He is the first president, former president, to be indicted by a federal grand jury. He's been indicted on seven counts in the special counsel's classified documents probe. A stunning development that marks the first time a former president has faced federal charges. Trump is facing a charge under the Espionage Act. I talked about this a few months ago. His attorney, Jim Trusty, said on CNN Thursday, as well as charges of obstruction of justice destruction or falsification of records, conspiracy and false statements. Now, at some point, Donald Trump is going to realize what they have charged him with connects, correlates to what they have recorded him saying. I don't know if he's aware of this or not, but Jack Smith, the person who was brought in to Prosecute, not to investigate. I said that on day one, you bring Jack Smith in to do one thing. That is to land the indictment and to prosecute. So his fate was pretty much sealed by the time he came in. Now, Jack Smith comes in, he investigates. He has a way, a style that every prosecutor does. The charges that you see right now associated with Trump are charges that will likely be substantiated by way of surveillance, direct conversation, or messaging. It will not be simply he said, she said, as evidence against Trump, guarantee you that. There's more, the special counsel has been investigating Trump's handling of classified information that were brought to his Mar-a-Lago, Florida resort after he left the White House in 2021, as well as possible obstruction of the investigation and government efforts to retrieve the material. Now, what does that have to do with the charges? 
if you can prove that Donald Trump was aware that the documents were in fact classified, and yes, that's easy. Then you can possibly prove that he acted in a way outside of the realm of good faith. Meaning, when they said, listen, return these documents, it's not that he didn't check the email or didn't get the phone call or nobody told him. He may have engaged literally in trying to hide them even more. Or could it be something even more sinister than that? The federal indictment is the second time that Donald Trump has been charged criminally this year. In April, the Manhattan District Attorney charged Trump with 34 counts of falsifying business documents. But the indictment from the special counsel marks a new and more perilous legal phase for a former president who was running for president again in 2024 while facing criminal charges in two jurisdictions. And with two additional investigations into his conduct still underway. So let me tell you how I think this will play out. One, I think he gets indicted again. I think he gets indicted this month or next month by the grand jury in Fulton County. That's going to be an election tampering charge. I also believe he eventually gets charged by the state of New York. I think that's going to happen as well. And his business or civil lawsuits, those will absolutely never go away. Um, the charges against Donald Trump come just seven months, seven months since Attorney General Mayor Garland appointed Jack Smith as a special counsel after Trump announced he was running for president. In order to keep the investigation independent from the Biden Justice Department, now Trump will face federal charges from the special counsel at the same time that he's trying to unseat President Joe Biden in the next year's presidential election. Let's put up the judge. Who's the judge overseeing this process? Well, that's federal judge Aline Cannon. Who is she? A Trump appointed judge. Yes, this Trump appointed judge will be assigned to oversee at least the initial stage of Trump's classified documents case in Miami, Florida. All right, so if you're Trump and you know you're not guilty, you know you're actually innocent. This is a good thing, right? Because the judge is a person that Trump appointed. But Trump knows good and damn well he's guilty. Trump knows good and damn well he did it. And Trump is well aware of what this evidence would bear out to be. That's why he wants to make this about everything but the evidence. That he's good for America, that he's the only one that can save America. It's kind of a nullification argument against the reality of his criminal conduct. You know, the Republican Party at one point was all about take, taking you know, personal responsibility. Pull yourself up by your bootstrap. If you don't want it, don't do it. If you don't want the child, don't have sex. That's the Republican Party, right? All of a sudden, here comes a white man named Donald Trump who takes responsibility for nothing and they celebrate him like he's the new Messiah. <laughs> My dear brother, thoughts here. Well, 
I'll say this, um, Donald Trump's strategy is not without merit, right? Uh, to the average person who's sort of watching this on TV play out, uh, Russiagate went on and on and yeah. it was like this huge deal and nothing came of it. Then there was the impeachment and nothing came of it. And then there was the second impeachment and nothing came of it, right? And so to, you know, to the sort of low information voter to borrow a term that I don't really even like that much. Um, this could seem like just another one in the line of those. However, <laughs> this one is different guys. Um, this is the feds, uh, they, they don't just indict people for the fun of it. They indict people when they know they can win. Um, notably after uh, uh, Mueller was done with his investigation, he did not recommend the case to the justice department. He said, yo, y'all probably not gonna be able to adjudicate this in court and win on, on the grounds that you would like to. So just leave it alone. This is something different. Uh, they got this guy kind of dead to rights of knowing he had classified documents. The, the feds come in and say, can you please hand over all the classified documents that you know you have? Him lying, not forking <laughs> it over and them coming in and just taking, they got the guy. now." Maybe he'll plead out and won't see any jail time or whatever. But I think if there is a concept of rule of law applying to every single citizen of this country, it's important that even if he pleads out, that man goes into a court of law and says, yes, I committed crimes, 100%. Yeah, yeah that's true. All right, we will update as it updates. What if you go to work? And because you made a complaint, on your desk are three severed heads of humans on your desk. Put it up full mass. That's exactly what happened to one worker, a delivery man for a nonprofit. His name is Dale, Dale Whitley. Delivery man for a nonprofit called the Anatomical Gift Association of Illinois was shot. When he arrived at work one day to find sage burning with three severed heads placed on top of his desk. He calls it an act of retaliation for a recent series of complaints he filed with local regulators about the conditions of the facility and treatment of human remains. Let me give you some background to the nonprofit. Uh, the nonprofit, the Anatomical Gift Association of Illinois is a group of eight in-state medical schools with a shared mission. According to the organization's website, the AGA procures, prepares, and preserves donations for medical and scientific study and making its facilities open to health professionals and students. The donations obtained by the AGA are an individual's body after death, their website explains. Now, according to Mr. Whitley, the place is deplorable, he said. It's in shabby conditions, he said at a press conference this week reported by the Chicago Tribune. If you're in there for more than five minutes, if you start walking around, you start to stick to the floor. In comments reported by Chicago-based Fox affiliate WFLD, Whitley said some donated bodies have been returned to the nonprofit due to the poorly preserved 
kept state they are in. They're sending donors back because of mold and rot and bugs, he said. There's been instances where I pulled donors from our storing room out of the racks and rats have chewed through the bottom of the bag, through the feet. When confronting his supervisor about the three heads, he says, my boss walked by. I asked him why the heads were at my desk, he told WFLD. He said they need to get back with their bodies so we could send them to cremation. I said, I understand that. Why are they at my desk? And he said, oh, I don't know, Dale. There's a lot of strange things happening. The heads, Whitley added, you know, had an obnoxious smell. Let's put him up. There he is. However, AGA Executive Vice President William O'Connor strongly disputes the allegations presented by Dale Whitley. The Tribune reported, he said the group received some bodies in poorer states than others and denied that Whitley was retaliated against. He also noted that handling body parts is part of his job description because he manages the rack room where bodies are stored before being sent out in a van. Let's keep the picture up. Please understand the story that he's spinning now. He had that story prepared before he put them damn heads on your desk. <laughs> That's my opinion. He already knew what he was going to say if somebody posed the question. I'm just telling you how they think. The rack room manager also filed a police report after the dismembered heads appeared on his desk. But according to his attorney, he doesn't want to have to file a lawsuit. He just wants to return to work once conditions there are changed. Wow, okay, uh, I don't care where you work. Having three human heads on your desk when you show up is not appropriate, period. <laughs> Just not appropriate. Wise thoughts here, man. You know, I, I think back to my time in like a super duper corporate setting and office. And oftentimes you have disputes with your coworkers. It's commonplace in damn near every single yeah. workplace. It's actually um, an anomaly when you don't have these petty squabbles. And oftentimes it would result in, you know, passive aggressive post-it notes on the fancy creamer that's in the <laughs> fridge and, and, and things of that nature, right? You might get a talking to from HR where it's like, oh, somebody didn't like the off-color remark or whatever. And you kind of move on with your life. Everybody understands they're being pretty petty. And that this isn't really important. Severed human heads on your right. desk when you get back to work. That is a new standard of workplace pettiness. And I really truly do. I, you know, oftentimes I think we're a little bit too litigious in this country. I wish we could just come together and amicably solve our differences a lot of times. But I really hope this brother sues the pants off of this place. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah, I mean, right now he's saying, hey, I just want the conditions to change. That's your easy, that's the easy win for the company. The brother wants to just go back to work without human heads on top of his desk. If you can't accommodate that, you deserve to get sued. Governor Ron DeSatan launching an ad against, against Donald Trump using fake AI images of Trump. Hugging Dr. Fauci, it's a beautiful thing. Here it is. 
You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're all fired. All four are fired. You're fired. Today I walk in, I hear I'm going to fire him. I'm not firing him. I think he's a wonderful guy. Should you have fired Fauci? So a lot of people ask me that question, and I did it right. Because if you do fire him, you're going to have a firestorm on the left again. Why, why did you feel unable to fire Fauci? Personally, you're not allowed to. Every time he goes on television, there's always a bomb. But there's a bigger bomb if you fire him. Frankly, you can't win that one. If I would have done it, I would have taken heat. Yes. What I've been waiting for. Let's put it up, full mass. Can you tell the difference? All right, you got uh, real Trump and you got fake Trump. NPR was able to confirm which of these images were real and which were created using AI. I could not determine it. Uh, This is not the first time AI has been deployed in the 2024 presidential campaign. The RNC created this ad using AI generated images back in April. This just in, we can now call the 2024 presidential race for Joe Biden. This morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. Financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their doors. Border agents were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals yesterday evening. Officials closed the city of San Francisco this morning, citing the escalating crime and fentanyl crisis. Who's in charge here? It feels like the train is coming off the tracks. And Donald Trump will talk at some point about how egregious this is, how this has to be stopped. It should be illegal. He will say, well, let's put it up. You see, Trump has been guilty of this as well. He posted a video that featured an AI generated version of DeSantis voice in a video posted to his truth social account, placing DeSantis in a Twitter spaces conversation with Dick Cheney and Hitler among others. Advocacy groups warn about further use of this in politics. The American Association of Political Consultants announced last month that it will use a broad standard to review, condemn, and if necessary, sanction its members for using deep fake ads produced with generative AI technology. The group's president-elect Larry Hung Tohoff Post, AAPC, has taken a strong stand against the use of deep fake videos and tended to mislead voters. Such ads are a violation of the AAPC ethics policy and are ineligible for the annual AAPC Poly Awards. And the collective response from the political community was, who gives a damn about that? So here's the reality, there is absolutely nothing within the context of law that would make this illegal. We've allowed political speech to be whatever it wants to be, to permeate in areas, well, less traveled by those outside of politics. You can lie on a person running against you, nothing illegal about it. What is AI generated imagery? It's a lie, that's all it is. But we have allowed lies to become the standard. It's not simply normal, it's expected. So this new expression of that lie, It's all it is, it's a new expression of a lie. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how this 
impacts the campaign. We're not talking about things that look real. We're, thinking of, we're talking about things that appear real to everyone. No one can tell the difference. Now, when that kind of technology takes hold in the political cycle, please understand it will penetrate everyday Americans, everyday people. This is not going to be something that remains just a political conversation, is my point. Wallace, what are your thoughts about not AI look real technology, but AI real technology? No one could tell the difference. What are your thoughts? Uh, part of me kind of feels like nothing is new under the sun, right? Uh, this is a sort of digital AI era version of what I'm sure you'll remember the swift boating of John Kerry, where George Bush and them boys uh, basically started a whole campaign implying that he deserted his post and like deserted his homies in Vietnam. Yes. Completely wholly false, untrue, and it helped to you know um, to tarnish uh, John Kerry's reputation. Also, uh, some people might not remember this, but uh, <laughs> They they started a whisper campaign against John McCain that he allegedly fathered a black baby out of wedlock. Um, these are just lies, like outright lies. That again, this was the Bush um campaign in the GOP primary. They pushed outright lies about these guys, and to me, this is in lineage with that. Okay, yep. um, just dirty tactics. What people from you know uh. Um, people from from Dick Cheney and 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 on would call um rat effing right. Uh, this mm. is just dirty, underhanded political tactics. Uh, this is this type of stuff ultimately taking it too far is what brought down the Nixon regime in the 70s. This is all part of that nonsense. Well said. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let me remind everyone, you can join me on Sundays, Sunday at 1 p.m. Sirius XM Urban View. It is the Rashad Richard Review, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, the best one hour of your weekend. I give you all of the highlights, things that you need to know moving into your week ahead, and things you should know when you go to work on Monday. All right, a lot of, a lot. Of content to read, can't read it all. Seth Michael Dragonski says about Trump indictment, he always puts America first when it comes to grifting. I give him that. <laughs> That's true, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're I feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Get it.
Karenicity in this one runs deep. Um, this is a Whole Foods according to the person who posted it. And I'm going out on a limb here. But Whole Foods is you know, expensive, <laughs> which means the amount of property you damage, madam, is likely in felony territory once added up. So I don't know exactly what was happening. I'm not sure if someone offended you, maybe they did. The reason this is being highlighted is because that action, because of an offense, is inappropriate, ma'am. You cannot yell respect when you know you're destroying property. All right, wisely thoughts. Man, uh, that 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 is a, some expensive lemons, as you as <laughs> right. you mentioned, and those pots, those, those plants ain't do nothing to nobody, man. That's For her right. to just be just throwing them on the ground like that, and and it makes you wonder, right? Whole Foods usually doesn't have a robust security apparatus, especially if you're not like um in a high sort of homeless area, right? A lot of times there'll be security guards to guard against that, but realistically, you need to be guarded against these Karens, man. She was she was pissed. Yeah. My goodness. And I and I really but I would hope that the cops did pay her a visit to her front door. Yeah. And be like, miss, <laughs> this this can't this can't happen again or else you're getting right. locked up. Right. Whole Foods really needs to analyze uh, cities that have a high Karenicity. Concentration. Yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, make sure they have security. We need more university-backed um, uh, research into those yeah. areas, Dr. Richie. I know you're right. very closely affiliated to the academic world. We might yeah. we might need some grants to give to some some professors um, to, to to study this because it seems to be an epidemic. Yeah. In the meantime, I stay away from Whole Foods that are around <laughs> um, Karens. Okay. All right. Hell of a thing, a man puts a head out on his wife for the second time, <laughs> according to the report. Put up the picture for a mask. Um, I don't know. A 49-year-old, Ira Bernstein, a former New York podiatrist, was charged alongside of his sister with multiple felonies last week after he tried to order a hit on his estranged wife for the second time. Both unsuccessful attempts occurred between July 29th and September 21st, 2022. One year after being released from prison in 2021 for devising the initial plot <laughs> to hire a car salesman. I, you can't laugh, Wasty. this is real serious, man. Okay, get it together, <laughs> Wasty. All right, he hired a car salesman to kill his wife the first time. He allegedly recruited his sister who is an attorney at law named Jacqueline Goldberg next. Goldberg, 40 years old, accused of helping to cover up the conspiracy. She was charged with one count of tampering with physical evidence, one count of third degree hindering the prosecution, one count of fifth degree conspiracy, both pleaded not guilty. Lohud.com reported as of, as of Tuesday morning, Goldberg was still listed as a member of the Keenan Bean where law firm where she acted as labor counsel. The Ramapo police did not release any details on the second conspiracy. Quote, this is a new indictment, has no connection to, to, to the previous case, except for the fact chief it's the same damn person. 
okay? That is a connection. Uh, let's put her up. In 2016, excuse me, 2015, the ex-doctor plotted with his ex-girlfriend, Kelly Gribaluk, to pay a car salesman named Markonsky Lucent $100,000 to run, to run wife Susan over with a car. Making it look like an accident. The plan was eventually foiled when the salesman reported the couple to police, resulting in a five to 15 year sentence for Bernstein. In court, Susan Bernstein told the judge her husband risked having their special needs daughter killed in order to get rid of his estranged wife. This is beyond sickening. My children knew their father was evil. Iris evil, she added. For them to be scared that he'll be out on the streets with his accomplice is extremely frightening for them, she said. We've seen no remorse and it's just an uphill battle. The pair were paroled within months of each other in 2021. The hell, literally this guy, according to the report and conviction, recruited his lady friend uh, to kill his wife. And the lady friend decided to hire a car salesman to do it in a way to make it seem as if it was an accident, putting his own child in danger as well. Well, he gets caught, goes to jail. You hope he would at least either A, learn a lesson or B, well, learn he's not a killer, at least efficiently. He decides to do it again, recruits the help of his sister this time who happens to be an attorney who did not say, brother, you don't lost your damn mind. If you think I'm going to help you kill somebody, I'm an attorney at law. No, that's not what happened here. Once again, enabling him to be his worst self because he's a bad person. And when his wife said he's evil, and well, I, see, I mean, divorces happen, breakups happen. People say, oh, this person's evil, that person's evil. That's evil. This person really is evil plotting twice to do this and willing to kill your own child in the process. Thoughts? I mean, I think it's, I, I was laughing earlier because just the idea that you twice, yeah. two times tried to hire a hitman to to murder your your, your wife. Um, I would like to say to the wife, like she's blessed in the fact yeah. that as evil as this dude is, he might be twice as stupid. Uh, the idea that you're gonna get a used car salesman to carry out a hit for you, just just, just cause, like this guy's gonna put his own freedom on the line. Forget the moral um, sort of cost of this, just the guy's freedom. Um, and then, you know, you go to jail, you spend time in the pokey, Dr. Richie, and that's not enough to scare you straight. You say, you know what I'll do? I'll try it again. This is this guy should just be locked up just forever, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because I, I don't, and maybe the cops and the DA was like, oh, maybe he was having some mental breakdown. He couldn't have possibly really wanted to kill his wife. To go out and do it again, yeah, you gotta lock this guy up and throw the key away. Um, yeah. the, he, he's no Bond villain though. I'll tell you that. Right, much. not at all. Uh, thankfully, he's not. All right. Uh, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. 
Uh, let me read a couple of these amazing comments, kind of press for time. I am Sock says, you can't get arrested for doing the same exact crime twice. I learned that from arrested development. Um, well, you know, two different. <laughs> that may be what he was thinking. He he consulted with a lawyer, it was his sister. Double jeopardy. I've already <laughs> gone not, to jail for this thing. That's this how it works. Double jeopardy, Doctor. <laughs> you in law school? Tell us how. Explain. It that. is not. That is not he, how he it found works. the loophole. He oh, already man. went to jail for the same crime. <laughs> it, there is actually a case where a person was convicted of murder. Uh, the body was never found. Individual was not dead. Years later, this all comes out, and the theory was. What happens if he actually does kill this person now? Can you actually prosecute him? Because it was for the same thing at that time. All right, outside of that, this is not how double jeopardy works. Okay, uh, C. Michael Henson, thank you again. Why is he not in prison after the first time? Because they let him go early, that's why. They let him go early, all right. Um, this is a very disturbing video that you're about to see. It's making the rounds on social media. We will dissect, here it is. Just wanting to say, I wanna clear my name. That's fine. I know I won. Okay, yeah, you need to get out of my house. 420.27, 420.27 club. I'm not and it was a $400 house cleaning Lady, fee. Get out of my house. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go. No, you're gonna talk to me more. I'm not gonna talk about anything. You need to get out of my house. Are they are they right there? Are yeah, right sure, there? whatever. Get out of my oh house. Oh my god, it's okay. You can give them to me. Lady, I'm get not, out of my house. I'm not. You're I'm oh. not God, dude. I'm get sorry. out of my house. I'm sorry, but Hey, I'm not Leave my stuff alone. Get out. There's actually more. Here it is. It's fake. Okay, I know it's fake. I know it's fake. Mr. Face, you are such a idiot right now, and you don't even know it. Four twenty. Hey, you need to get out of my. Put up the picture. I read all of the 
comments and commentary that I could, trying to get more background, more insight, more information. It is still quite unsettled and confusing. There are some who say this was an act staged. There are others who say that she was experiencing a mental health episode. And then there are those who say she was simply attempting to prove a point in the most extreme way possible. Here's what I say. I don't know the conclusion of that side, but I do know the conclusion of this one. The individual, the black male whose home was being broken into, handled himself quite well. And you gotta say this, if it's real, if it's real. He was concerned about her because as soon as she started to put herself in danger by perhaps breaking glass on the picture frame, he immediately tried to stop her by putting his hand on the glass too. That's care. And let's contrast that to if a cop was involved here. If this is real, she's dead. If it's a cop involved. But it wasn't a cop. There were people with hearts. All right, so we shall see. Um, somebody on social media land in social media land will let me know if it was a staged thing or real and what was behind it. All right, Waz, thoughts here. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing that was that was staged. That seemed like somebody going through a really bad episode, uh, a breakdown of some type. And and as you mentioned, um, that brother displayed a level of restraint. And patience that he should absolutely be applauded and commended for. Um, that, that was exemplary behavior, to be honest. Uh, and I would hope, man, he got to get in charge with that building manager, Dr. Richie. He, y'all got, I got to get a, a a month on the arm or something because <laughs> right. to to have tenants yeah. this wild and crazy running up in my spot. Uh, damaging my property. I, this is absurd yeah. um, behavior. I hope that young woman gets the help that she needs because that is just completely unacceptable and out of pocket. On the heels, by the way, of that black woman yeah. going to retrieve the toy of her child and getting shot through the damn door. Yep. It's on the heels of that happening. That's Same right. country, by the way. Um, and so, yeah, man, that woman is very lucky. Uh, she ran into that brother that day and not somebody else. We'll bring you updates as they come. A one year old shot by his sibling while playing. Sibling is six. Put up the picture for a mask. According to officials, a one year old baby boy was shot by his six year old sibling while playing. The incident occurred Wednesday at 7.42 p.m. in a neighborhood on Detroit's east side. In a press conference, police assistant chief Charles Fitzgerald said, and I quote, a one-year-old baby was in his bouncy when another family member, with another, when another family member, a child gets a hold of a gun and shot his sibling. Not once, but twice, Chief Fitzgerald said. The one-year-old was shot through his cheek and through his left shoulder. We are very fortunate 
that the child is still with us. Fitzgerald said the shooting was preventable. If the family would have locked up their weapon or put the gun on top of a high shelf in the home. Once again, preventable, Fitzgerald said. We're here far too often talking about securing your weapons as there are gun locks, gun safes, or even the highest shelf you could find in your house. Put the gun up as high as you can. Officials say the baby's mother was down the street visiting a friend while the father was outside in the backyard with an uncle and other children while working on a fence. Fitzgerald said the gun was a fully loaded semi-automatic weapon. Investigators were on the scene. They were working on getting a search warrant to go through the house. Once the investigation is concluded, everything will be presented to the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office. No one is in custody at this time. You know the irony of this, anything like this happens without a gun. The parents are liable for negligence, criminal negligence, because they have a duty, a duty to care for the minor, all right? That duty cannot be transferred from a parent. When you're a parent, you always have that duty. There's a danger, you allow the danger to manifest, go unchecked, well, there's a penalty. If there's a knife, you do this with a knife, there's a penalty for the parent, okay? All of a sudden, when it's done with a gun, ah, you know, we gotta, we gotta wait until all the evidence is in. In DeKalb County, Georgia, Ted Terry, progressive commissioner, attempted to pass common sense legislation because things like this were happening in DeKalb County. He wanted it to be illegal, at least a misdemeanor, if nothing else, for a parent or anybody else to not secure a weapon around a child. The state of Georgia has a law that prohibits any such law to protect children. A lot of states have that law. All the states that do are Republican led. Boss thoughts here. You know, the stuff that tends to make the news um, on both the right and left are these sort of mass shootings. And then on the right, of course, it's like gang violence in Chicago or places like my hometown, New York, and places like the Bronx and stuff like that. But the, the reality is, the, the the super majority of gun violence that happens in this country is just is just this it's accidents in the home uh, with minors it's neighbors um, getting into it like we mentioned with that black lady that got killed uh, of course there's lovers quarrels this is just what happens when guns are readily available people yeah. are gonna get shot that's it. That, that's the that's the beginning and the end of it. And then, you know, just the idea that any attempt to curtail this stuff in any way, to guarantee the safety of our neighbors and our citizens in any way is met with pushback by people who think guns are, you know, a given right as if it's oxygen or something. Um, is is quite sad and people are dying because of it, Doc. Yep. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. One of the saddest stories you will ever hear, let's put it up. A limo driver crashes, kills 20 people. Former upstate limousine company operator 
Mr. Newman Hussein was hit with the maximum sentence two weeks after a jury convicted him of 20 counts of second degree manslaughter for his role in the horrific October crash in 2018 that killed 20 human beings. He will spend between five to 15 years behind bars because that is the max given the second degree nature of the charge. The incident also forced lawmakers to pass more legislation surrounding limo safety requirements and restrictions. I'm going to give you the background. The group of friends had rented the 31 foot stretch limo, a modified 2001 Ford excursion. They rented it from a company called Prestige Limousine and Chauffeur Service to attend a surprise birthday party near Cooperstown. But the limo's brakes failed and it careened through an intersection. The vehicle slammed into a convenience store, killing two bystanders and the driver. Prosecutors said Hussein, who ran Prestige Limousine at the time of the crash, was completely aware. He knew the brakes were faulty and still decided to allow the limo to be rented out. The National Transportation Safety Board said the limo company's egregious disregard for safety led to the brake failure and the crash. The vehicle reached a speed of more than 100 miles per hour on the steep hill before it crashed. The NTSB also blamed poor oversight by the State Transportation Department. It said that the Transportation Department's oversight was ineffective and that it knew of prestigious multiple out of service violations. The department also failed to properly register the limo which allowed the company to evade safety and inspection requirements, it said. However, defense lawyers argued that local auto repair shop and State Department of Transportation inspectors should shoulder the blame, and I agree with them. But the jury agreed with the prosecution, finding Hussein guilty after just six hours of deliberations on May 17th. He previously cut a plea deal with prosecutors in 2021 that would have allowed him to avoid jail time. But a judge threw out the deal and ordered that the case go to trial. There's a point made by the defense attorney that's true. Basically, this is contributory negligence. This individual contributed due to negligence to the eventual outcome of the death of these 20 people. But the same theory that connects him to these deaths also connects the government for not doing their jobs. And they actually had a duty to do so just as he did as a business owner. We'll see if this develops into more wise thoughts here. Just an obviously horrific and sad, sad story here. 22 people losing their lives because of, as you said, gross negligence on the part of the the people who claim to have worked on this thing. And ultimately the business owner who is, let's face it, he's just being cheap. He's just trying to cut costs. Um, maybe this vehicle was was damaged in such a way that it just couldn't be um, recovered, right? Um, and he would have to just take a loss on the vehicle being cooked. Uh, or maybe he just straight up didn't wanna pay for new brakes, which just, I mean, that is just an awful, awful reality to face um, for the families of the people yes. who passed away. That these folks would still be here today, but for some cheapness or greed and some negligence. It's really, really, really unfortunate.
Yeah, very much so. Um, I do expect to see lawsuits against uh, the government coming soon. The police, well, he gets hired, he's fired in two days because he's racist, could not um, contain himself. They actually should have known based on his history. Let's put it up for a mass. Hell of a thing, okay? Chaz Foy, an Indiana police officer, was fired after just two days on the job when a pair of racist Facebook posts resurfaced, posted by him. Marion Police Chief Angela Haley found them so offensive that she immediately terminated the cop. Good for her, that's called leadership. In a statement, she says, I do not condone this type of behavior and will not tolerate it, end quote. Both posts were made actually prior to him joining. You see them there. So these posts were made prior to him joining the Marion PD. One post included an image, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin kneeling on the neck of George Floyd was captured with with getting with gas hitting 489 and climbing. Let's all take a moment to appreciate better times, he said. Another showed a cartoon image of a black man that read Martin Luther King. Okay, now let's keep those up for a minute. Uh, to the chief, I really do appreciate your leadership. I know that you're not in charge of going through the profile of an individual who applies for the job. I know that. But I also know that if you had a policy that required it, this may not have been a hire in the first place. Likely no harm done here. He was only employed for two days, likely not even on the beat yet. But in the future, let this be a reminder. You got to investigate cops thoroughly, including social media posts when hiring them, because it could give you a good indication of what they actually believe. Um, Jordan, this is one of those situations where the police chief actually did catch it early, uh, and the police chief did move in the direction uh, that we all say needs to happen quickly. You fire the person right away. You already know what's about to happen if you keep them on board. So I'm glad that happened. Now, would that have happened if, let's say, he was there for two years, five years? Don't know. Because all of a sudden you have a buddy buddy system. All right, nobody knew this clown. So it was easy for them to let him go. But here's the win the win is do it in advance. Do it in advance. Make sure the investigation requires a thorough assessment of not only your policing background, a criminal background, and education background, but also your social media background because it is a permeation of your thinking. What say you? Totally agree. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm surprised this happened just because yeah. it's such a rarity. It but is. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. If this was two, five, 10 years down the line, I can't imagine this would have happened. That's just the way the police unions operate and protect themselves and their own, right? They, they block any investigations, they slow down any accountability or totally block that altogether. They would all know him and look out for him because maybe in the past he looked out for them. Two days, it's like, okay, yeah, who is this yeah. guy? Right. So, totally agree. Yeah, that it would be, it might be different, but yeah. I, I don't see any harm in looking into a potential cop's social media history, just as you would uh, in, in many other job applications and, and yeah. job vetting processes. As we've seen time and time again, 
there are cops who espouse racist beliefs or even linked to white nationalist and white supremacist groups, look into their social media history. I think it only makes things better. Not that it's gonna completely eradicate any sort of problem of police brutality and, and, and police departments, but it's one step, so take it. There you go, well said. Um, some companies are now actually working with cops to clean up their social media background. So that's there too, unfortunately. Okay, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Marjorie Taylor Greene may have violated federal law on television. Let's go to it, here it is. What we read today in the skiff, and I I want to let everyone know, this was an unclassified document. This is a document that all of America should be able to see. But the FBI is stonewalling us and they would only let us see it in a skiff. Well, what I did after reading the document is I made notes when I walked out and I went to the table and I wrote down everything that I had just read so that I could come out and tell the American people what I read. I mean, are we going to get a one two combo here? Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene in the same month? Come on, Christmas cannot be that early. Let's put it up. This is going to be an interesting saga. Green said the document was unclassified. You got to catch what happened here. But a SCIF, S-C-I-F, is typically used only for very sensitive information. Lawmakers generally must check all electronic devices before entering into that building or meeting where a skiff is being discussed and cannot take notes while inside. And usually information revealed in the skiff cannot be repeated outside of it as a special meeting. So Mark Zaid said, let's put it up, an attorney who specializes in national security. So this guy does national security law for a living. Hey FBI. If this information was classified, sounds to me like the Congresswoman is admitting to a crime. And if it is not, Speaker McCarthy should remove her privileges for violating the trust she was afforded as a member of Congress to review sensitive information. Let's go to the retired law professor, Christopher G. Moore tweeted this. The right to remain silent is apparently not taught in MAGA schools. For those with security clearance, it is their duty under penalty of law to remain silent. These basic concepts are alien to Green and her financial supporters. Um, And (laughs) that's her, all right? If she broke the law, there needs to be a penalty. Next week is coming. Wise thoughts? Uh, This is only two outcomes here. Um, They are exquisite outcomes, by the way. Either she gets caught for like the, the we all told secrets when we were younger none of us said to the person who was telling us a secret hold on let me write notes on a paper <laughs> right. that somebody can one day read the freaking secret so either she did that clearly violating um the the, the um the secret nature of the information that she was given, uh, the classified nature, or Dr. Richie, which would just be great. She went on TV and just lied and just scribbled some, just scribbled <laughs> some on a paper and be like, guys, this is the this is the document. I got oh, I got the man. information. 
Wouldn't that be incredible if she had to admit to that? Man. <laughs> you know, she's running for vice president, right? She wants to be right. Trump's selection. So of she was course. like, hey, look at me. I, I stole classified information too. Pick me, pick me. All right. Please pick her, uh, FBI. Please pick her. <laughs> All right. Dear brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people they can follow you, check out your great work. Of course, always happy to be on with you guys. Um, check me out at the ringer.com, uh, ringer NBA show, NBA finals are going on. We got that thing well covered. And uh, check out the woke bros every single Friday. Uh, I drop an episode with Nando Vila. We talk about politics. Thank you, dear brother. All right, bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Anybody else think that that warrant that they served today and the arrest are just guaranteed shenanigans next Monday and Tuesday? Yep. Actually, maybe tomorrow. I think they're supposed to have their first appearance tomorrow. I'm here for all of it. Matter of fact, just do it all June. Trying to get uh, get my backyard done. I mean, it could go the opposite way. I mean, we've been putting pressure on them and attacking them from all different angles. At some point, they, they've got to give up. I mean, especially if we're going after all the money, it, it could shut them down. Yeah, I'm just waiting. Like, couldn't they wait until like Wednesday of next week to do this? Is that when you're off? <laughs> no, that's when all this, the finance committee would have been done. Would have been done by Wednesday. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, no, they had to send a message. I get it, but I mean, think about it. If if they had just defeated the thing in you know in council, which you know they're finally going to vote for the money and everything's going to go through, and then the coup de Gracie is oh right after you failed two days in a row, we serve a warrant on you. True, that's what they did the last go round. I guess they wanted to uh, you know go ahead and get it over with. I guess they thought it was going on in the offensive. The Atlanta Solidarity Fund, an organization that I've worked with when Rayshard Brooks was killed by the police. We had to engage in protest and bonding people out of jail and hiring attorneys. Many of us were up four or five o'clock in the morning. Everybody from the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, well, they were solid. That action continues. They are still fighting the good fight. Mr. Marlon Counts was one of the individuals inside of the home when the home was raided. You just heard a recording from the police talking about the raid in open, common conversation between themselves about what really happened. It was politically motivated is what they're telling you. Mr. Couts, welcome to Indisputable. Glad to be here. All right, Um, I hate this happened to you. I'm glad that there's a level of awareness about why because of the recording obviously and some other factors that are happening. Take us to that day, what happened? What did you think was going down when all of these SWAT members came inside of your home? Well, you know, I've been saying when it first happened, you know, when, when uh, you know, what happened was I woke up um, to the sound of my front door being broken down by a battering ram. That was the first that I learned that any of this was happening. Um, and, and when it first happened, I thought that it must be a mistake. It was so surreal, so preposterous of, a, of an attack 
that I thought this, you know, had to be uh, unintentional in some way. But uh, but it was far from that, you know, as we've learned since then. Um, you know, officers, uh, dozens of SWAT officers surrounded the house. They had automatic weapons. They had riot shields. They had come ready for a fight. They were planning to throw flashbang grenades into my living room um, before we were fortunately able to quickly surrender, be arrested. Um, but this kind of raid is is the kind of militarized response that you expect to be sent against a drug kingpin, you know, not the administrators of a nonprofit organization. Um, it's absurd to the point of, of theatrics, you know, and I think that really is, you know, as that recording suggests, this was intended not as a legitimate law enforcement response. This was intended as a message. It was intended as a threat to us as well as to any other grassroots political organizers in the city um, that you are in danger and you are a target if you continue to oppose the agenda of Cop City. I had a judge, I had a judge, Marlon, who called me off record and said, that is the scariest thing I have seen in a long time. Now, let's go back to when you got arrested with the other two. DeKalb County is the county that covers the jurisdiction. But it is annexed city of Atlanta, it is still Atlanta. But you go to DeKalb County, you get a DeKalb County magistrate judge who sets the bond. In addition to this egregious act, the prosecutor requested no bond. And the judge basically said, well, wait a minute. No, I mean, that, that, that's, that doesn't make sense. Tell us about that moment and how the judge pushed back on the narrative of the prosecutor. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes to the ridiculously baseless nature of these charges that the first judge who set eyes on them, who, you know, he isn't even asked to make judgments about the facts of the matter, right. right? He's just asked to set bond. But as soon as he sees the arrest warrants, his first reaction is, this is not impressive. That's right. The quote is, there's not a lot of meat on these bones. And he immediately goes against the prosecution's request, grants bond. Um, I, you know, I don't know what else we need to demonstrate that these charges are baseless. Um, you know, if, if even judges are acknowledging this at this point. And the judge that did so, I did some background on the judge, seasoned judge, worked in Fulton County and DeKalb County, does not make statements just freely, understood exactly what he was saying, wanted it to be on record, obviously, uh, as a seasoned judge like him would do. Let's talk about the fallout that started to take place before this even happened. Because the reality is they started a messaging campaign against you all, saying that you all were domestic terrorists, categorizing you as if there's this major danger and violent organization, dangerous and violent organization inside of the community. Did you not see this would possibly happen? Or did you still believe, well, there's a limit they will go and then they won't go beyond that limit? What were your thoughts there? Well, you know, maybe it was naive, but I did imagine that there was some kind of limit, some kind of you know constraint in terms of respecting the rule of law on the part of police and prosecutors. But what we've seen really over the past two years is a sustained pattern of just indefinite escalation mm. by the police in terms of the amount of aggression that they're willing to pursue against protesters and the scope of who they're willing to target. You know, they started out just targeting people who showed up at protest rallies. Then they began going after people who were simply 
around at events that seems to be associated with the cop city, you know, protest movement, you know, arresting people at music festivals, for example. And now we're seeing them go a step further, you know, and attacking people in their homes who aren't even involved in the Stop Cop City movement directly, but are simply providing resources to help those protesters assert their rights, protect themselves in court, and you know, not be targeted by malicious prosecution. Um, and this really makes me wonder where this goes next. You know, if they keep expanding the scope, who are they coming after next? I received that um, tape of the officers talking to each other about what happened. I received that tape um, over the weekend, and as I'm listening to it, I'm like, wow. There's this level of awareness among law enforcement about what they are supposed to do. Because they say they keep pounding you all and y'all need to just give up, right? When you heard that tape of these cops talking openly about political items and finance committees and targeting you all for so long you should give up, what was going through your mind? Well, I mean, I have to say hearing that didn't surprise me. Uh, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that we've understood is going on for a long time. The only shocking thing about it is that the police are so cavalier to acknowledge it, right? right? They're saying the quiet part out loud, um, which is that the purpose of these attacks, you know, has nothing to do with enforcing the law, punishing people who've broken the law. It's purely political maneuverings, um, and it's political maneuverings straight from the top, right? It's coming from Governor Kemp. It's coming from the attorney general trying to make an example of left grassroots organizers in Atlanta. And the chilling part is that even you know, progressive officials in the city seem to be going along with this agenda rather than pushing back on it. You know, As you mentioned, Sherry Boston, the DA in DeKalb County is the one whose charges are actually pending against us, right? Like we're being charged by a progressive DA. Um, who could drop these charges at any time, um, but who is instead, you know, falling in line with this kind of far right agenda that's coming from the governor, basically to posture for his presidential bid that he's tough on the left and that he, you know, pursues crime aggressively. You know, I think all of your charges will be dropped. So I do believe that wholeheartedly. But the damage may be done, right? They wanted to damage your reputation. They wanted to damage the operation. Remember, you all are the conduit for individuals who protest who may not be rich. And they need to be bailed out of jail when something goes down, or they need access to legal assistance, right? These are all things codified within the Constitution. These are rights that you have. So while people may disagree with your political ideology, They should agree with every single one of us on the principle that this should never happen. What is your message to them? Those who may be against what you're doing politically, they should still be for you based on principle. Absolutely, I'm glad you bring that up because in my mind, what has happened here is much bigger than us, you know, than our experience. And it's bigger even than the issue of Cop City. This is really getting to this core question of what is the future of democracy in Georgia. Because if it's possible for police and prosecutors to pursue this level of militarized violence and repression against basically just their political opponents, people who they don't appreciate the organizing of, this is gonna have a tremendous effect on 
all types of organizing campaigns in the state going forward. And we really can't afford to allow that kind of precedent to be set in our case or in any other cases going forward. And that's why we're determined to fight this. And why it's so important that the public at large, that civil society reject this kind of attack on the fundamentals of the democratic process. That's right. I spoke to some of the young leaders a couple of days ago. Obviously, City Hall was packed out. Wee hours of the morning, right? Vote still goes down. Why? Because the members of council had their mind made up. They were going to vote how they were going to vote. But there's an opportunity to still have the voices heard. If there's a petition that has 73,000 signatures roughly, you all can put it on the ballot. It becomes a ballot initiative, a referendum. Have you all explored that and talked openly about that process? Well, and you know, I'm a spokesperson for the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, not for the movement against Cop City. Um, there are many other organizers who, you know, have a, a stronger and more strategic view on what that campaign looks like. Um, my main concern is whether any of those organizers and that campaign or others will be able to pursue the, you know, the the legal and civilly valid strategies that they want without malicious prosecution and police mm-hmm. violence being used to suppress them, right? We're talking about very basic democratic processes, pursuing a a referendum, attending a city council meeting. These are things that people are now terrified to do for fear of being designated as terrorists, for fear of having their door kicked down. And this is exactly like you said, the sort of extrajudicial intention of these charges. It's not to get convictions, it's not to win in court, it's to make people scared to engage in protest and democratic process. We cannot allow that to happen. And so I hope that people feel inspired to continue with whatever type of protest they believe is appropriate you know, without being intimidated. We are certainly not going to stop our work in defending the rights of all protesters. Such a principled approach. I told my viewers last week about a moment where I was working with you all a few years ago. We were, it was sloppy, man. We were taking money here and there, cash out, getting people out of jail. We had attorneys involved, NAACP, Jill Griggs was with us helping. And I tried to hand someone a $100 bill just to say, get you something to eat. It was like four in the morning. They said, no, doc, put that in the fund. And that's the kind of integrity you all always have brought. So when I saw this happen, I already knew what it was. Marlon, we appreciate your continued advocacy. I'm glad you are not a scared individual. You're standing up. You are to me what leadership should be about. Thank you for your stance. I appreciate you bringing attention to this. Absolutely. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.